0: Hi, my name is Michael Sano. I'm Jewish, and I love Israel. So if you love Israel, if you love being Jewish, or if you have an unwavering connection to the land of Israel, then you're in the right place. Welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast. Shalom, shalom, shalom. Hey, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? My name is Michael Sano, and welcome, welcome, welcome to the 12 Cities in Israel podcast, the only positive podcast about the people, the food, the culture, and the history of the state of Israel. Hey, listen, if this is your first time watching, don't forget to hit the like button, the subscribe button, and the notification bell. And if you'd like to take us with you, you can find us on SoundCloud, iTunes. Google Podcasts, Stitcher, TuneIn and on Spotify. Also, this podcast is brought to you by The 12 Cities in Israel Modern Hebrew Flashcards. If you want to learn or if you just want to brush up, head on over to Amazon where you can find our flashcards for Kindle. If you have Kindle Unlimited, they're free. Otherwise, they're 9.99 a set and we have 3 different sets and I'll go over them All at the end of the program. Um, All right. Hey, what's going on? Welcome back. Hey, listen, we are in the middle of the 12 cities in Israel series, um, where I'm telling you guys about all of the cities um, that make up the 12 cities in Israel. Uh, Right now, we're, we're finishing up and going into the halfway point with Teveria. Now, if you watch the first one, you'll notice that I had it written as Tiberius up there, but I have it as Teveria Now, well, Tiberius is the historical um, name for, you know, the city in antiquity, and Tveria is the Hebrew name that it goes by now. So um, we're going to go into that. And let me tell you a little bit about it. Tveria is located in the Galilee on the western shore of the Kinetet. Um, That's the Sea of Galilee. Uh, for those of you who don't know, it's called the Kinneret in Israel and in Hebrew. Tveria is the capital of the region and the spiritual and academic home to rabbinic Judaism, um, the rabbinic Judaism that we know today. Uh, it's importance to the Jewish heart was recognized by the early zionist pioneers when they established some of israel's first kibbutzim at the turn of the century in the uh, in this area and after the establishment of the state newcomers flocked to the city and over time its population has more than quadrupled um, now about six miles north of Tavaria sits kibbutz ginosar the former home of one of Israel's great statesmen, Yigal Alon. And the kibbutz has a museum devoted to Alon's life and to the history of the Galilee region. Also close by and to the south is the Aleph, and that's a kibbutz that was the birthplace of Moshe Dayan, the father of the IDF, who was Israel's chief of the general staff, Minister of Agriculture and responsible for the, the Israel's water carrier. Um, and I, I, I'll tell you a little bit about that later. Um, Minister of Defense and Minister of Foreign Affairs. Um, the water carrier is uh, what gets water from the Kinneret, the Galilee to everyone in Israel. It's the main drinking source and Moshe Dayan is responsible for that. So, um, all right, so. What happened, hold on, so I have to have a sip of coffee real quick. Um, Peter and Jay hats. this sip is for you. Uh, uh, uh. Mm. So, I went over the history, and normally with these, hold on, one more sip. Normally with these episodes, what happens is I give you the history up until uh, the Independence War. In 1948 so in my research i realized that i had missed something but i had missed it it's it's almost i hate to sound conspiratorial and that's why i'm stuttering a little bit um it is missing on purpose so the narrative leaves this story out and the historical narrative outside of israel leaves this story out and i have to jump back in to i think it's 1938 and talk just before the war for independence because there is a large misconception in israeli history and it's sanitized for the purposes of creating another narrative and i'm not getting on either side i'm just bringing you the information i came across in my research so what i'm going to tell you about is the tiberius pogrom of 1938 and it's going to be tough to hear about so in the article the end of arab tiberius Uh, The Arabs of Tiberias and the Battle for the City in 1948, Mustafa Abbasi of Tel Hai Academic College in the Upper Galilee, uh, Israel, tells us that, and this is what I had issue with. Tiberias was unique among Palestinian mixed cities for its unusually harmonious Arab-Jewish relations even during periods of extreme tension like the 1936 to 1939 Arab Revolt. Yet within hours of a brief battle in mid-April 1948, the town's entire Arab population was removed, mostly across the Transjordanian border, making Tiberias a wholly Jewish town overnight. So this sets up a narrative that, The Jews are bad because they came in and they kicked all the Arabs out. Everything was going fine um, and everyone was living happily. So then I came across this article about this pogrom in 1938 during the Arab revolt, which was mostly peaceful, apparently, according to this academic lecturer. So, for this to be true, you have to overlook what has been called the forgotten Tveria pogrom of 1938. Now, 1938 was especially violent in the region, and it was in the midst of a violent three-year nationalist uprising known as the Arab Revolt. This revolt was being led by the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, Haj Amin al-Husseini, who was appointed as the Grand Mufti by the British. His and the Arab High Committee's demands were an end to all Jewish immigration, a ban on land sales to Jews, and for control to be given to the Arabs over mandatory Palestine with an understanding that they would deal with the Jews already living in the region. Now, it's important to understand that this guy, the Grand Mufti of Jerusalem, al-Husseini, was a really bad guy. He actually, and I'm not making this up. It's going to sound like, oh, you're just... He met with Hitler and went and personally trained SS squads in Romania. He did that. And this guy was the leader of the Arab revolt. So one area that saw many violent attacks on Jews as a result of the revolt was Tveria, And in May 1938, a Jew was killed by an explosion. In September, there was more violence when three Jews were murdered and a Jew and an Arab were wounded during an Arab terrorist attack. So at this time, Tveria was a poorly defended city with only a few dozen British police officers and a small number of Jewish constables called Notrim or Gafirs. Prior to this, The head of the Jewish agency, Moshe Sharet, had petitioned the British government to arm additional Jews and for mobile patrols to be established around Tveria, as well as other Jewish towns and cities, but both requests were denied by the British, and the concerns brought forward by the Jewish agency was deemed exaggerated. We're going to find out that that's not entirely the case. On October 2nd 1938 an Arab terrorist cell occupied the hills surrounding Tveria and waited until night fell before beginning their operation at 9 p.m. a group of terrorists cut the telephone lines into Tveria so that no one would call for assistance and then two terrorist cells hiding in the hills above entered the city from the north and south five minutes later The terrorists remaining in the hills sounded a shrill whistle, loud enough to be heard so that both cells could hear it. Loud enough so that both cells, terrorist cells could hear it. That signaled the beginning of the attack. This was the middle of the night. Immediately, the small local police force was taken by surprise as the terrorists first hit the office of the British District Commissioner the police station, and the quarters where British police were housed, hoping to weaken or eliminate any defenses. The attackers then went to the central synagogue and set it on fire with caretaker Ezekiel Katz, who, aged 42, trapped inside. He burned to death. So their first act after taking out the defenses of the city was to burn a synagogue. What does that tell you? In the violence that followed, the terrorists burned down the local post office before making their way to the Jewish neighborhood of Kiryat Shmuel, north of the Old City. Armed with bombs, rifles, daggers, and torches, they systematically organized and savagely executed Joshua ben Aryeh, his wife Shoshana, and their son, Arye, and their son, Moshe. Moshe, who was only 18 months old at the time. They also murdered three children visiting the ben Arye family, Chaim, who was age 12, Rivka, who was age 10, and Ezra, who was age 8. The terrorists stabbed and burned to death all of the people and then set fire to the home. They stabbed children and then burned them. During the same evening, while Shimon Yochanan Mizraki was on patrol in another part of town. Terrorists stormed his house and killed his wife, Rachel, 26, and all five of their children, ages 12, 5, 3, 2, and 1. The Arab terrorist also attacked a third house, the home of Menachem Kabni, age 60 and his wife, Dora, 40, and stabbed the couple to death and burned their bodies. In total, the terrorists set six Jewish homes on fire and savagely murdered everyone that they could find inside. To their credit, two supernumerary Jewish constables Israel Bookman and Zvi Katzkelevitz, and an additional Jewish man, Jacob Gross, died in a gun battle, valiantly trying to stop these attacks. Several other Jews were also injured and all but four of the victims were stabbed to death and set on fire. This all occurred with no help arriving because police and troop reinforcements were not able to arrive in Tveria for 25 minutes because Arabs from the surrounding hills fired on them as they approached the city. This was only after they had managed to fight their way through an ambush and road obstruction set up near the hot springs to the south. The fighting lasted for two hours until 11 p.m. when British police and armed forces, along with Jewish constables, repelled the terrorists. British troops then pursued the attackers to the nearby village of Lubia, and fighting continued until the morning. In the end, terrorists suffered 50 casualties. But when all was said and done, 21 Jews were murdered. including seven men, three women, and 11 children. The Times of London story on the fighting was headlined, Jewish Children Butchered. Incredibly, The massacre could have been much worse had not a brigade of Jewish constables formed uh, from a nearby village called Mitzpah encountered a terrorist cell who had happened to be on their way to attack the city. The Jewish constables engaged them in a firefight and managed to kill six of the terrorists and seize their weapons and ammunition. I am so sick of the way History is scrubbed and ignored in order to chase a narrative. The one thing about this podcast and the history that I give you is I try to be as objective as possible. And I try to give you all the information from all the sides. But that this is scrubbed from pretty much everything. Is despicable so now you know about this and this is part of the history of Tavaria. and it's important that it be a part of the history of Tavaria. I am going to move on and I am going to move into the war for independence in 1948 but I do not want people to get a misunderstanding after reading things like what that lecturer said about everything was hunky-dory, everything was fine. It's just a travesty that entire populations were removed. Um, Was it okay that the population was removed? Well, I'm going to tell you about that because that's also missing from a lot of the narratives on the war in Tveria. Let me just continue. So Tveria's role in Israel's war of independence started on April 8th through the 9th, 1948, when coordinated skirmishes broke out between the Arab residents of the city and their Jewish neighbors. Um, The Arab population of Tveria cut the main road linking the Jewish settlements of the upper Galilee with those of the Jordan Valley um, and attacked the ancient Jewish quarter on the shores of the Kinneret within the walled city. They were there uh, because the Arab Liberation Army, an army of volunteers from Arab countries that fought on the side of the invading Arab countries. So there was a group of volunteers who came to fight with all of the uh, countries that had invaded Israel, newly formed Israel. There were Arab volunteers from all, uh, um, most of the Arab countries in the world. And they had come to volunteer to fight. Um, Now, what they did was they offered to take over defense of the city, an offer that was refused by the local national committee. Um, And in response to this refusal, a small contingent of the Arab Liberation Army entered the city and took up fighting positions. So that's why you had these skirmishes happening. Let me take another sip of coffee. Hold on. So this idea that there was no Arab opposition and that Arabs were just picked up and moved is false. It's absolutely false. Arab Liberation Army was there fighting on behalf of the uh, Arab countries that were invading Israel at the time. And they invaded the area. So now on April 10th, the Haganah retaliated with a mortar barrage that targeted these Arab, excuse me, hiccup, that targeted these Arab positions within the city. And during April 10th through the 17th, the Haganah attacked the city with the British refusing to intervene. Um, not that they would have been had any license to, um, but I guess uh, the Arabs, had, the the Arab armies said, ask for the British to intervene. Eventually, the Haganah, the Jewish defense forces, on April 18, forty eight, success uh, successfully launched an attack on militants in the Arab section of Tveria, and it was taken on that day. Um, The Arab population, according to Encyclopedia Britannica, at its own request, was then evacuated under British military protection. Tveria was the first mixed Arab and Jewish city to be taken by the Haganah during the War for Independence. So that they were just picked up and moved is, pardon me, bullshit. They requested it, and they requested it, and got it under protection from the British. Case closed. Sorry. Um, I know that's frustrating to some, and I know, and, and I'm sorry, and I know that my reaction might be frustrating to some, but I'm sorry, I just got finished reading a bit, uh, about this pogrom, and then... They, as soon as the war for independence happened, they attacked again and then they invaded the city and then they asked for protection and to be evacuated. That's the result. That's what happened. Um, and then, um, that's, that's what happened. That's, that's where we stand on the war for independence and for Tavaria. Am I sad? You know what I'm saddened the most about? I'm saddened that neighbors, people who most likely had known each other for decades had decided that I'm going to go do this. I'm going to go act this way. I'm going to go be violent towards my neighbor. It just doesn't occur to me. And that's why I'm so flabbergasted by it. Um, But that is the story. And that's what happened. Um, all right, I'm going to move on. I am getting, can you tell I'm getting so heated about this? I'm frustrated. I'm hurt. Um, and I, I, I don't always know how to express it, but I appreciate the fact that if you're still sitting there and listening to me, that you've heard all this. All right. So, um, since 1948, Tveria has seen a major influx of new Jewish immigrants to the city, with many Sephardi and Mizrahi Jews settling there following the Jewish exodus from Arab countries in in the late 1940s and the early 1950s. Over time, government housing was built to accommodate much of this new population, simultaneously adding to the diversity of the Jewish population and giving it a workforce for creating the new state. This population has continued to grow from the original number of approximately 6,000 residents uh, living in Tavaria in 1948. There was a jump to 23,800 residents in 1972, another jump to 39,402,000 and a total of almost 44,800 are living in the city today in 2021. So that is a major rebound and a major um, beautiful story for me because you have these people who were thrown out of their homes after the war for independence. And uh, we gave them a home, Israel gave them a home. Um, With its wealth of scenery and resources, the city of Tveria early on embraced its identity as a tourist destination and became a major place for Israelis to spend their weekends and vacations, as well as a Galilean center for Jewish and Christian pilgrims, uh, drawing Jews to its old synagogues during religious holidays and Christians to the numerous churches in the region. (coughs) Excuse me. Tavaria still maintains a small port on the shores of the Kinneret for both fishing, uh, For fishing, um, but since the 1990s, the importance of this port for fishing has gradually decreased. This is in part due to the decline of the Kinneret's uh, water level due to both droughts and an increased pumping of fresh water from the lake. Remember I told you about the water carrier? Um, it is expected that the Kinneret will regain its original level almost 20 feet higher than it is today uh, when Israel's desalinization facilities reach full operational capacity. Now, that information sounded like it was older. Um, So if you know that that... I know that the water level has risen significantly. So if you know any more about that, hit me in the comments, Okay. Uh, plans are underway to expand the city with a new neighborhood, Kiryat Sans. And this neighborhood will be built on a slope on the western side of the Connecticut and caters almost exclusively to Haredi Jews. Go figure. Um, pretty cool. Uh, right. So now I'm going to tell you about all of the cool things that you can see and do in Tveria. Um... I hope this sig the segue is not disrespectful, but I do want to tell you about how it it, it it gives um it gives to the idea that Israel moves on from these things and from this pain and from this hurt and grows from it and brings positivity into the world because of it. So let's Move on to the things you can do in Tveria. So, we're going to start with sport. And originally, Hapoel Tveria represented the city in football's top division uh, for several seasons in the 1960s and 1980s, but eventually um, dropped into the regional leagues and eventually uh, folded altogether due to financial difficulties. Now, following Hapoel's Decline and subsequent demise, a new club uh, from Tveria was established, which currently participates in Liga Aleph, the third tier of the Israeli Football League system. Their new stadium, Tveria Municipal Stadium, or Haironi Hayroni Tveria, is under construction and will replace the old stadium located downtown. Uh, Once it is completed, the new stadium will include 7,554 seats and it is located at the southern entrance to the city near the junction of Podia Hospital as a part of a sports complex also included, it it also includes a multi-purpose 2,500 seat sports hall, a training field and a swimming pool. But as of late 2020, the project has been frozen due to lack of funds. So let's get out there and get them the support we need. Um, It only needs help with their sports complex. Um, The Tveria Marathon is an annual road race held along the Connecticut and has had in recent years approximately 1,000 competitors. That's a lot for Tveria, you know what I mean? Its course follows an out-and-back format around the southern tip of the sea and runs concurrently with a 10K race along an abbreviated version of the same route. And in 2020, the 10K race was moved to the afternoon before the marathon um, at approximately 200... No, this can't be right. It is the low... At, at, because it's below sea level... And where it is below sea level, these numbers are wrong. Um, it is the lowest course in the world. So I'm going to have to get the depth <laughs> below sea level. But sorry, giving crap information here. Um, but that is sport in Tveria. So we also have the Tveria hot springs. And I got a lot of this information from a really great site. I'll put a link for it. Um, and some of the texts I used. and So if it sounds a little like I'm trying to get you uh, to go on a vacation, one, I am, um, when you can. And two, it's from a travel site, which had some really great, concise, and condensed information. So uh, soak in Tveria's mineral thermal baths. You can opt to relax in the indoor bath during the winter, Uh, Then come out to play during better weather. Both the indoor and outdoor mineral baths have pool jets to help you loosen those knots even more. I could totally use that right now. If you want to do some laps, check out the Semi-Olympic Freshwater Pool, uh, which is open every summer. Other facilities on site include saunas, a spa, a fitness club, and two dining options. I love fitness. I live for fitness, so this is like just a perfect place for me um we're going to move into uh the crusader castle of tiberias so not long ago archaeologists discovered the remains of a crusader fortress that dates back to the 12th century um located in the jewish quarter of the city uh, of the city the now called Crusader castle of Tiberias, say that 12 times fast, is believed to be where Prince Eshiva, the wife of the Galilee's leader, Raymond III, and a bunch of Crusader knights were staying before Saladin and his forces made the march to capture the Crusader kingdom of Jerusalem. Fortunately, they were allowed to leave for Tripoli unscathed and not much of the fortress remains. You can view its ruins in the old city. I, my son loves that stuff. So I'm gonna have to drag him to Tavaria to check out those crusader ruins. Now we have a couple of churches. Let me take a sip. We have a couple of churches and they are the Church of the Multiplication of Loaves and Fishes, the Church of the Primacy of St. Peter and the Mount of Beatitudes. Now, the Church of the Multiplication of Loaves and Fishes is built over the site where tradition states Jesus stood during his miracle of feeding the 5,000. It was built in 1982 and designed by Cologne Architects. Anton Georgian and Fritz Baumann. It stands over the site of an earlier Byzantine era church and has preserved original elements of the older church within the interior. Now, St. Peter's church is a chapel that was built there in the fourth century, but it was destroyed in 1263. And the black basalt present day church here was built by the Franciscans in 1933. The church commemorates the appearance of Jesus to his disciples on the shores of the lake when he gave Peter primacy over the church. The rock at the east end of the church is supposed to be the table at which Jesus dined with his disciples. On the south side of the church are rock-cut steps leading down to the lake that were described by the pilgrim Etheria in about A.D. 400 as the steps on which the Lord stood. So that's crazy. That's a big part of Christian history right there. And you can see it. You can go walk there. You can touch it. Um, The Mount of Beatitudes is a major point of interest for all Christian visitors. Um, Tradition states that it was here that Jesus delivered his famous Sermon on the Mount. The Roman Catholic Church, here built in the 1930s, holds mass hourly between 8 a.m. and 3 p.m. for the pilgrims who travel to the site. The immaculately kept gardens are a wonderfully tranquil spot to take in views over the canary, while inside the church itself is a lovely stained glass window depicting um, the Beatitudes. So these are the churches for Christian pilgrims to go check out, and you should go check them out. It's beautiful. Even if you're not Christian, eh, you should appreciate the architecture and the work and the care and the love that went into it. So moving on, Um, we have Hamat Tveria National Park, and Hamat Tveria National Park has one of the finest and best preserved samples of ancient mosaics depicting Israel's, are you ready for this, oldest synagogues. But that's not all there is to see there. You can also soak at the hot springs, check out the antiques display hall, and visit Severus's, did I say that right, Severus's, Uh, synagogue, which has been around since 230 CE. What? Whoa! Oh, gotta go. So next is Arbel National Park. This is actually cool. Um, Mount Arbel, located in Israel's lower Galilee region, stands sharply and prominently over the Connecticut. Um, and it is designated as Mount Arbel National Park and Nature Reserve. The mountain has beautiful observations hiking trails, archaeology, and biblical history, and is the only place approved for base jumping in Israel. What? Yes, you heard it here. So go do it. Um, Also, Arbel houses an ancient synagogue, the ruins of which can be seen today. And interestingly, what? This is the only synagogue in the world in which the Ark does not face Jerusalem. It doesn't face Jerusalem. What? That is crazy Where does it face? I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to look into that and find out more and bring it to you. All right, so moving on we have Kfar Nahum Capernaum National Park. There's all the there's so much to see in Tveri. So Capernaum or modern day Kfar Nahum is an ancient city on the northwestern shore of the Connecticut. It was Jesus's second home and during this period of his life, it was a garrison town, an administrative center, and a custom station. Jesus chose his disciples, uh, Peter, Andrew, and Matthew from Capernaum, and performed many of the miracles ascribed to him at this place. The long dispute over Nahum's identification with Capernaum was settled by excavations that began in 1905, by Heinrich Kohl and Karl Watzinger and were completed by the Franciscans. Among the remains discovered during the excavations was a rectangular synagogue dating from the second to the third century CE. Also an older synagogue dating from the time of the second temple may be buried beneath its foundations. Whoa, history is alive. In the Galilee. So you have to go. You have to see it. Um, now, I'm going to tell you about something I spoke about in the history, and that's the Swiss Forest. Take a break from the city streets and enjoy the breeze as you walk through the woods of the Swiss Forest. Its highest point is up at Pariah Heights, steeply sloping down to the Connecticut. The reason why it's called the Swiss Forest is that the said country made a contribution to Karen Kereneth, Uh, la israel the jnf kkl jnf which is uh planetary for israel uh, which then proceeded to plant the mountainside with trees today you can walk among giants like cypresses acacias and a number of indigenous woodland species such as persian turpentine and carob um there are three observation points along the show where you can rest and take pictures as well as a bicycle path if you want the added challenge. For those who want to completely experience a forest, camping is allowed at certain sites. So go to the Swiss forest, spend the night, and wake up uh, looking at the Canada. it'd be awesome. All right, now um, moving on into uh, Tveria proper, we have the Amdor Fine Gallery, and this is the first gallery of its kind in Tveria. Um, Amdor Fine Gallery is a space devoted to contemporary works by some of Israel's both established and emerging artists. Several areas of the gallery exhibit creations of house artists. Their art spanning different disciplines such as painting and sculpting. Um, there is, For those of you who want to get your shop on, there is Big Tveria. Um, check out the local retail offerings at big Tavaria, where you can also see international brands such as H and M and more restock on essentials, refresh your wardrobe, or simply go window shopping. Uh, the choice is all yours. Like any big mall, big Tavaria is a one-stop shop. So you can check out, so you can also check out, um, all the restaurants and services that they have. So, you know, that I will be going to the mall. I have to go to the mall. Always need something. Do you have a charger? No? Let's go to the mall. Um, All right. Next, let's go to the Kinetit with Aqua Kef. And only opened in 2016, uh, recently opened in 2016, Aqua Kef is the first floating water park in Israel right on the Kinetit. Uh, There's a dedicated park for small children. And the main Aqua Park is open to kids age 6 and up. This latter part of Aqua Kef is divided into three sections. Start easy at the family level, move on to the challenge level, and once you have confidence, um, and if you want to compete with your friends or other groups, you can move on to the Olympic area. Uh, for those who don't want to go to a water park, you can go to Gal Beach, or, or you want to go to one, but not like that. You can go to um, Gal Beach water park, and... They have an. You have an option to stay at the nearby Gal Beach Hotel. Uh, here you can extend your holiday by the Canet and make the most of the pleasant Mediterranean weather. Take your pick among the seven water slides, or just lie back at the poolside. Um, there are kid-friendly facilities and just enough features <coughs> to keep kids of all ages entertained. So it's a. I guess this is more of a true water park, like the kind. Um, with the, uh, with the flume ride and all that stuff. And you get on the slides and all that stuff. So, you know, I, I will have to take my son there. Uh, because, oh, son, I'll have to take my wife there. Because we'll just have to do it. Um, <laughs> if you don't want to go on any water slides or to any water parks, you can just go to HaTchelet Beach. Um, it is also known as light blue beach. Hot beach is definitely uh, Tveria's prettiest and cleanest beach. It's great for kids, family recreation, and simple picnics with views of the Kineret. Feel free to park your rental car free of charge and rest easy if you're bringing the children. Uh, the lifeguards will definitely make sure they're safe. So, facilities on site include showers and toilets. There's a restaurant as well where you can order an array of snacks, drinks, and more. Be aware, it's usually open from May to October, so check beforehand if you plan to visit. Um, Next, if you don't want to go and you just want to see the Connecticut, you can go to the Yigal Alon Promenade, and you can... It, well, if you don't fancy spending a ton on your travel budget, just to admire the Caneret, you can take a stroll, stroll along Ygal Alon Promenade, uh, where you can spend your money on cafes, restaurants, uh, where you don't have to spend your money on cafes and restaurants. I wrote this really messed up. Uh, here you can find a nice spot and watch the sunset or see the promenade come alive at night. You can also make a picnic out of this, bringing snacks or some drinks and enjoying a little bit of alone time at the boardwalk. Nice. So moving on to, if speaking of getting your drink on, let's move on to the Bernice Winery. Um, And thanks to the Mediterranean climate the region enjoys, Tiveria produces quite a batch of delicious wines. Um, You can find some of the best at Berenice Winery, a local boutique uh, winery located not far from the Connecticut. Each year, the company produces around 4,000 bottles of wine made from grapes grown in the area. They're aged in oak barrels. These grapes are transformed into award-winning Cabernet Sauvignon, uh, which serves as the establishment's base wine. So it's what they're known for. You can sample Berenice's offerings, including their fruity wines and Chardonnay at the house turned winery. So I'm just going to be totally honest. The fruity wines, that's where I'm at. I, yes, I'm six foot three, but yeah, I love the fruity wines. So anyways, so now we get to two things that are really important for me in Teveria. And one of them is the tomb of Maimonides or the tomb of Rambam. Uh, Maimonides, also known as Rambam, is widely regarded as one of the most important Jewish philosophers ever to grace this earth. And it is so true. He died in Egypt in 1204 and was interred in Tveria. Since then, the tomb of of Maimonides has become a pilgrimage site of utmost importance. It was recently renovated with a roof added to keep visitors, excuse me, hiccup, and pilgrims under the shade and protected from the sun. The Rambam, the Rambam, people quote the Rambam to this day and you can go to the tomb where he's buried. That's, that's phenomenal. Um, Next is the tomb of uh, Rabbi Meir, Meir. An important religious leader, Rabbi Meir, is entombed in this complex known as the Mishnah or Master of Miracles. During his lifetime, he lived in the second century. Um, Rabbi Meir is considered one of the greatest Tamrain. Did I say that right? Tamnaim. Tanaim. I apologize. He is known as one of the greatest Tanaim or rabbinic sages of the fourth generation, if not the greatest in this complex. So here you can also find a lively market selling souvenirs, amulets, and other tokens to remember your visit. Come on. You always got to cash in, right? Um, But that is Tveria. It's so diverse. It's so random. There's so much to it. There's so much to see. And like I said, um, we take this pain we take this suffering and from it we try to build something beautiful and i apologize for my emotion in the beginning um but please just know that that emotion comes from my heart and that it is my soundest and most dedicated wish that the joy that i get and feel at the end of this can be brought from all of that pain all right that's it hey um listen if you like this video hit the like button the subscribe button and the notification bell as i said in the beginning if you want to take us with you you can find us on soundcloud itunes google podcasts stitcher tune in and on spotify i got it down i'm so psyched for those of you listening you know i've been podcast po- uh, google play all that so you know what i'm talking Um, and also, as I said, this episode is brought to you by the 12 cities in Israel, modern Hebrew flashcards. They are available on Kindle, uh, on Amazon for Kindle. Um, well they are on your Kindle. Um, and if you have Kindle unlimited, they're free. Otherwise they cost $9.99 a set. We have the Aleph Bet. That's one set in print and in script. So you can learn Hebrew script. We have, what do we have? We have (laughs) numbers in Hebrew. You can learn all the numbers. Trust me, if you learn numbers, Hebrew will come quicker to you. You will learn Hebrew quicker if you can spit off numbers because we use numbers in our daily lives. Next, um, we just recently released Body and Clothing, which has body, clothing, and colors. And if you can identify all the things that make you, you, you're one step closer to really be being able to understand Hebrew. Not just know Hebrew, but understand it in your head, your heart, your body, all of it. Um, so, yeah, um, head on over to Amazon. The link's below in the description and uh, pick them up. All right, that's it. Todorva, the Itroatve, yalabai. Tarati ti kol hay yadi bi yada u li oria reah odia ir li ko kham ida mwalay li ba forea cole abaya ta o ha rajnot bikasti bi yada hasi ikmo halam שלא נגמר רק זאת שאלתי כשליבי נתתי רושעתי לפרח אני שר רק זאת שאלתי כשליבי נתתי רושעתי לפרח Shad, kill,